Good morning, and welcome to the vine. Sort of. <laughs> Let's just be honest from the beginning this morning. This just, it feels a little odd. At least it does to me, as I stand here recording this in front of an empty auditorium on take. Let's just not say what number. Maybe it feels odd for you as you are sitting there, maybe watching this on your couch or still in bed, in pajamas or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's not even Sunday morning when you're watching it. It's later in the week or wherever you can find time to watch this and engage it. But we wanted this recording and, and the times of, of worship and, and teaching and things like that that happened to take place here in this space to at least give a little bit of normalcy and familiarity to your Sunday morning experience. And so we hope that you're blessed by it. We hope that, that you are encouraged by the time in praise and worship, whether you are, whether you simply listen to, to the songs and allow them to speak to your heart and your soul this morning, or whether you sing your heart out, uh, well, however you best engage this time, we hope that you are able to, to find some peace and some comfort and some strength in our time together this morning. And to help it feel more sort of communal, we do invite you to, to participate in, in sharing some of your thoughts and comments in the comment section below this video, especially if you're watching it live on Sunday morning, to add your comments there. And whether you do that throughout the service or after the service or as you come back and watch it later, uh, that can be a way for us to check in with each other and kind of remain connected there. Another way that, that I would like for us to sort of remain connected and, and involve other people in this is I would love to have different people and different voices participate in, in some of the elements of this worship service that we're going to put together for next Sunday. Uh, as I've said in other communication, we're going to be kind of figuring this out and working out some kinks. And so uh, all of this may not go as, as smoothly as we would want uh, at the beginning, but we're going to figure this out. And uh, one of the things that I would like to do then uh, for next Sunday is to have some different voices and some different people involved in some of this so that it's not just me and Chris that you're hearing from, but it, that can be a way for us to involve others and a way for us to continue to simply see other people that we're used to seeing on Sunday mornings. And so if you or you and your family want to participate in, in some of that for next Sunday's worship service, if you will just send me an email to this email address, warren at thevinetemple.com, we'll try to get you plugged in and I can send you some information on, on ways that you might can participate in that. You can shoot me a text as well if you'd rather do that and, and I'll follow up with you and, and let you know some, some options of, of things you might can do, ways that you might could participate and then you could video those things and send them to me and we'll include them in next week's worship service. And so if you want to do that, uh, I would love to hear from you. This morning as we begin our, our worship, I'm going to lead us through the Lord's Prayer, which is typically kind of how we begin our time together. And so I'm going to lead this. And again, you're welcome to pray it along with me at home as we typically pray it in unison. And so I will pray this, this prayer over us and for us and perhaps with you as you are in your own home. And then we'll be led in some worship together. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
hello again. Uh, if you have been with us on Sunday mornings at the Vine, we have been in an extended series looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And we actually only had a couple of weeks left in that series, and, and this week was actually going to be one of my favorite texts, one of my favorite parts of that whole sermon. Uh, but we're going to kind of press pause on that series for today and look at some different stuff. Specifically, we're going to look at some stories from the life of Moses, which is why I have this. <laughs> and I wanted to do that for, for a few reasons, but I think during times like this, we often hear people say things or see people post imagery or memes on social media that convey messages like God is in control or trust God or even like our, our message and podcast from last week spoke to do not worry. These are things that you hear a lot and, and things that, that tend to come up in a lot of Christian conversations and, and thought and, and all those types of things. And all of those things are true. And all of those are things we need to remember. And yet, I think sometimes, uh, again, especially in these times of, of difficulty, of uncertainty, of unknowns, that there may be moments when we just kind of almost catch ourselves and think, but, but what does that mean? What does it look like? How do I go about doing that? How does that become not just something I say, but emblematic of the way that I live my life? How does that become more than a Christian platitude and something that just gets repeated so many times that, that it loses any real meaning for, for what I do or for what my life looks like? And so with that in mind, as I said, I want to look at a couple of stories from Moses' life today. And these are stories that you may know very well, or they may be stories that you don't know at all. Uh, the first one especially is one that I have talked about before in some various settings because it's, it has particular meaning and, and importance kind of to my journey and, and faith experience. And I think there's value in, in returning to some of these stories in, in new experiences and in, in times when we find ourselves in kind of uncharted waters because sometimes they speak to us in, in new ways, or we see something in just a little bit of a different way or from a different perspective. And so we're going to look at, at a couple of stories from Moses' life, and I want us to pay attention to, to maybe how they can help us to really flesh out what it looks like to trust God in moments like this. And I also want us to pay attention to this element that keeps showing up in these stories, and that is Moses' staff. And so we're going to pay attention to those things as we look at some of this. And so the first story is in Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, uh, when we pick up in this, in this part of the account, Moses has led the Israelite people out of Egypt. He has freed them from, from slavery in Egypt, and now they are basically escaping uh, Pharaoh and, and Egypt. So they're fleeing Egypt, they're headed away, and as they are making their way through the desert, they arrive at this large body of water, this sea, basically, that's in front of them. And so they realize they can't go any further in this direction. There's something hindering them going any further in this direction. But they turn around, and in the desert, they can see now the dust coming up from all of Pharaoh's chariots. 
Pharaoh and all of his troops and his horsemen are chasing after the Israelites. They kind of realized at, at some point, hey, wait a minute, all of our free workforce has left and we better go chase them and get them back, basically. And so Pharaoh and all of his troops are now chasing the Israelites. And so the Israelites are stuck here in the desert with this obstacle in front of them and this invading army from the other side of them. Maybe that even kind of feels familiar to you right now. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you're feeling stuck and you just feel like there's, there's no good direction for you to go in this moment. And then, so what do, I, what do I do now? That can lead to some anger. It can lead to fear. It can lead to questions. And, and all of those things come out for the Israel, from the Israelites. And, and they just hit Moses with a lot of this stuff. They say, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out into the desert to die? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. And so Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Uh, these are our words that we would want to hear from our leader. These are words of comfort. They, they just sound right and they sound like they fit the moment and, and it sounds like something that you would want to hear from your leader, from your pastor, from, from whoever it is that is in charge, right? Uh, in fact, that last phrase there, the Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still, is another one that, that shows up in a lot of imagery and a lot of memes and a lot of social media posts and, and things like this and this and this and this and this and this and even in this. It's a popular thought. And I think it is so because it's something that we, that we want to be true. It sounds so good and we just want it to be true. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. But listen to what God says then in response. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. So God tells Moses, you're going to have to tell these people to get up and move. And, and I've, I've long wondered what that moment must have been like for Moses as he steps up to the edge of this body of water and, and raises his staff and raises his hands, expecting that God is going to move, expecting that God is going to do something. Because if that doesn't work, Moses is going to look incredibly foolish. And all of his people are probably going to get overrun by the Egyptians. And so he's got to stand up there in faith with his arms stretched out, just kind of, hey, I, I hope this works. And I think we're reminded then in this story that sometimes, and in fact most of the time, 
Trusting in God looks a lot like faithful action. Trusting in God looks like being willing to take steps of faith and to step out and do something, to move on. Saying that we trust God cannot be justification for lack of action on our own part. And part of the irony of of this moment that we find ourselves in is that part of what we have been called to do is exactly what Moses is telling the Israelites to do, right? To be still, stay home, don't do anything. And yet there are moments to take faithful action. There are moments to serve. There are moments to to reach out in love to others. Uh, There may be moments when when we are called to step out in faith and and do something or or pursue something in this moment that may feel new or uncomfortable or or not like something that we would do. And we may be tempted to sit back and say, I'm just going to wait for God to move. I'm going to sit back and, and let God fight for me because that's what faith looks like in this moment. But maybe what God is calling us to is to faithful action. Maybe trusting God looks like movement. Looks like doing something. Looks like using whatever it is that God has equipped us with and getting creative with that maybe as we're even stuck in our homes uh, to pick up and move and do something. And it is oftentimes in movement, it is oftentimes in faithful action that we find new ways to trust in God and we find the ways that he is working through us and within us in his power to bring about deliverance. Because the other stuff that Moses says there is true. They would never see the Egyptians after that day and God did bring about deliverance. But God said, I want you to get up and be a part of that happening. It was God who brought about those things. But Moses had to get up and raise his staff. The people had to get up and walk through the waters. And so we're reminded by Moses that oftentimes trusting in God looks like faithful action. The second story that we're going to look at from Moses today is just a couple of chapters later in Exodus 17. And in Exodus 17, verse 8, we find that there is now another enemy enemy pursuing the Israelites. The Amalekites have come and they attacked the Israelites. And in Exodus 17, verse 9, it says, Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men to go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow, I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. I think in this story, we have a reminder That sometimes trusting in God means recognizing and realizing that God often sends his help and guidance and, and love and mercy through others. And that sometimes that means we find ourselves in the position 
of Moses, and we are in need of other people to, to come and support us and encourage us so that we can be successful, so that we can keep fighting and winning our battles. And sometimes it means that we are in the position of Aaron, and we're called to come and to hold up and to support and encourage others so that they can maintain uh, what they are striving to do so that they can be successful. Sometimes trusting in God means being willing to reach out in the encouragement and support in others. And sometimes trusting God means being willing to accept help and encouragement and support from others. We see that on display in this story. And again, we've got opportunity uh, to do that in our current situation. And, and as I was thinking about these, these stories this week, and I was I was originally drawn to them because, again, of, of what, they, what I think they have to speak to us about what it looks like for us to trust God in this moment and how we go about doing that. As I read through them, though, I was, I was struck, uh, no pun intended, I was struck by Moses' staff. That in each of these stories, Moses' staff plays such a pivotal role. And, and I couldn't help but wonder then, you know, I wonder, especially Moses gets on kind of later in life. What did, he, what did he think about when he looked at his staff? In moments of weakness and difficulty, did Moses pull out his staff and remember that it is, it is with this that he stretched out his hand and waters parted? Did he take up his staff and remember that, that he struck a, a rock and water came out of it? Did he look at his staff and remember that there was that one occasion when as long as he held his staff in the air, his army was winning? I thought perhaps this staff was, became a, a source of great comfort and, and reassurance for Moses. And so I was thinking about those things, and, and then as, as I was kind of thinking more about that and, and went back and, and kind of read some more about Moses' staff, in, in doing some of that, I was reminded about how we are first, uh, not necessarily introduced to Moses, but how this kind of journey originally to Egypt begins for Moses in Exodus chapter 3. And so if you'll turn back there, in Exodus chapter 3 is when we find God first speak to Moses out of the burning bush. And so Moses at this point, of course, Moses had grown up in the palace in, in Egypt with, with Pharaoh, and now he's, he's left there, and now he's out in the wilderness as a shepherd just tending the flocks of sheep of his father-in-law. And so Moses probably at this point is thinking, I've just kind of got life figured out. This is life at this point for Moses, right? This is how he's going to die, just, you know, he's going to live out the rest of his life out here. He knows, you know, life, he knows uh, who he is, what he's doing, and this is just going to be kind of the way things go. And then one day, he's out in the fields, and he sees this bush that has flames of fire, but isn't burning up. And so Moses says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 3, Moses thought, said, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. So he goes over, he and God begin to have this conversation, which God eventually tells him in verse 10. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh 
to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses says, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Uh, this is a common response, especially in the Old Testament. This is a common response that we see from people that God calls to do something. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, you got the wrong guy. Sorry, I'm not cut out for that kind of work. God says, no, uh, it's going to be you. I'll be with you. You can go and you can do this. So Moses says to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? So God gives this long response. I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the people. Goes through this long speech. We get to the end of it. Beginning of Exodus chapter 4. Moses answered. But what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Can you hear some of the doubt? Some of the questioning? Moses' questions. Moses is unsure of himself. Again, he, he probably had life figured out, right? This is what life is going to be from now on. I'm a shepherd. I look after these sheep. This is how things go. And now he's in this moment of uncertainty. And now he's got all these questions. But what if they don't believe me? What if I don't have all the answers? What if I don't know what's coming next? That may sound familiar to some of us, right? What if they don't listen to me? What if they say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. God says this is for them. I think it was as much for Moses as it was for them. Moses needed something that he could hold on to. Moses needed some sign of, of faith and of hope in his period of, of doubting, of question, of, of not knowing what was coming next. And so God takes something from his life in that moment and, and transforms it into a sign of God's power and presence. For Moses, I think that staff represented in many ways life as a shepherd. It represented what he had come to know. It represented his comfort zone. And God says, throw it down. Let go of your assumptions. Throw down your fears, your insecurities, your misconceptions. Throw them down and allow your letting go of them to become evidence of the power and presence of God in your life. And Moses then carries this staff with him 
And he carries that, that, that memory and, and this experience with God literally and figuratively with him, I have to think, throughout the rest of his life. And so sometimes God finds us in our moments and our places of doubt, and he transforms something in that moment to something that becomes a sign of God's power and presence and becomes for us then this emblem of faith and trust in God. Will we hand over to God our insecurities, our questions, our restlessness, and allow his transformative work to be seen through us? If we do, those relics of our old ways of thinking and being will, be, will become ever-present reminders of the work of God within us. So let us, like the Israelites, move on with boldness, service, and love, trusting in God with faithful action and support for each other. Each Sunday that, that we gather at the vine, we remember this God who loves us and who works through us in communion. And specifically, we remember the ways that God has worked within us and through us in, in the giving us of Jesus as our Savior, as our Messiah. We remember the life that Jesus led, we remember his ministry, and we proclaim his death through the taking of communion, through the participating in the Lord's Supper each Sunday. And this Sunday, we want to invite you to continue that in your own home, with your family, uh, and whether you have the elements of, the, of communion that you are going to, to use uh, this morning there, or whether you simply use this time as contemplation and meditation uh, as you are reminded of the work of God in your life, the love of God, uh, the love that God has for you, and the ways that those are especially expressed to us in the person, the, the Messiah, uh, the Messiahship of Jesus. And so we want to invite you uh, to a time now of, of communion, uh, of sharing in that, and of meditation. And so as we typically do, I'm going to pray for us, and we are going to pray our prayer of confession as we head into our time of communion. Uh, I'll pray this prayer, and as we typically do, if you want to pray along with us at home, you're welcome to do that. Typically, I will lead the parts in white, and then together as a congregation, we pray the parts in yellow. And so I would invite you to do that or to simply listen as I pray this prayer for us this morning. So let's pray. We confess to each other and to you, our Creator, that we fall short of being what we were created to be and what we have committed ourselves to be. Hear us, forgive us, renew our resolve to build the kingdom of Christ. We often seek out the easiest paths, paths of least involvement in places where we might be uncomfortable, or paths of self-centeredness. Hear us, forgive us. Renew our resolve to build the kingdom of righteousness. We confess that we have not loved you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. Bring us out of darkness, Lord, and into the light of your love. Hear us, forgive us. Renew our resolve to build the kingdom of light. Forgive us for getting so caught up in the world's trappings and its false messages of hope that we lose sight of the hope of the kingdom, which brings healing and peace to a world in turmoil. Hear us, forgive us, 
Renew our resolve to build the kingdom of peace. May we resolve to become more kingdom-minded, to be peacemakers here and now. Amen.
Father in heaven, we, we come before you as, as people in search of, of answers in many cases. Maybe some of us, God, find ourselves in the shoes of, of Moses this morning as, as we, we find ourselves staring at, at something that we've never seen before, just as Moses found himself staring at a, a bush that was burning but didn't burn up. Maybe, God, we feel as if we are stuck, as the Israelites did, and that there are, are forces pressing against us on every side and an obstacle in front of us, and, and we have no good place to turn. Maybe, God, it feels like there, there is a new force or enemy pushing against us, and we don't know where our help is going to come from. And so help us to be reminded in, in new ways, God, that, that you are our source of strength and of help and of refuge. Help us to be people of faith and people who trust in you, not only in, in words, but in the ways that we live and the things that we do. Help our trust and our faith to you to be seen in, in our service, in our mercy, in our love, in our selflessness. God, may you provide us with opportunities in this season uh, to be your hands and your feet and for your peace to be seen in the ways that we carry ourselves. And God, would you instill within us peace? Would you instill within us calmness? Would you instill within us faith that comes from our continued uh, desire to look in your direction, to focus on you and to be people of your word? I thank you, God, for people like Moses who provide us not only with, with examples of faith, but with examples of people who did not always have the right answers. Stories of people who messed up, who had doubts, who had questions, who didn't always do exactly the right thing, but they kept moving forward in faith and in reliance on you. Give us things that we can hold on to, God, to recognize your power and your presence within us and help us to cling to those and to let go of our worries, of our insecurities as we find more and more strength in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.